It's time to doom scroll with SlimFast. What you don't know could kill you. Murder hornets. Herpes infected monkeys. This is Headlines on the Church of Laszlo. Yo! Yo! What's going on? What could be more American than uh, a shooting, right? Okay, start with a shooting. Sure, okay. sure that's a news story. Uh, locally, at least, it's a news story, not always nationally. And then reporters go out to cover the shooting, right? For the local news outlets there. And while they're, you know, on scene covering the shooting, the shooter returns to the scene and shoots the reporters. It doesn't really get much more American than that to me. They ended up killing a young reporter. He was like 24 years old, uh, engaged. um, You know, one of those people that you see on TV, just what you'd expect. A young person starting their career in TV. It doesn't even page you anymore, does it? Right. And he he gets killed. The the cameraman or or boom mic guy, whatever he was, the producer, he was critically injured. I don't know how he's doing now, but he did make a statement to the police. But they they did catch the guy at least. But they were literally there to report on this shooting, and then he came back while they were there and shot him. Twice in one day. The same Orlando neighborhood, the scene of murder and mayhem. Authorities say a gunman opened fire at the same location just hours apart, killing at least three people and leaving two others in critical condition. Among those killed, Dylan Lyons, a 24-year-old journalist for Spectrum News 13 in Orlando. There are people here um, who knew that reporter who uh, his fiance uh, and I were just embracing. This is every reporter's absolutely worst nightmare that woman who's brought to tears was reporting live and from my understanding she is from a competing network right Mm. um but i could be wrong maybe they worked at the same station but the way that they made it sound this morning was that she worked at a different station she's now reporting on his shooting right for a different network right Right. like she's talking about him and she's brought to tears because now someone who is doing the same job she does has been killed and someone else critically injured Uh, again like we were saying earlier you know i just uh i'm to the point where i'm like i don't know I guess we're just. Okay, watching, I've been, I guess we're just watching I, I the guess, world right, burn. I just, I'm, right. I mean, I no one wants stood to do up anything. and jumped up and down for years, and yep. you know, it is what it is. Like I, I, you know, I'll say it again. The gun debate in this country ended when we allowed a man to go into a school and kill children, not just children. Kindergartners, Lord four, five, execute them, and nothing changed. Not one thing. Yep. Not one. Literally, not one thing. Well, not one thing. That The debate was over. People said, oh, that's when the debate started. No, that's when the debate ended. Yeah. Like, if we're not going to do anything now, then when are we going to do something? We're not. Yeah. It is what it is. We're not. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I hate to be a defeatist, and, and I know people get mad at me when I start talking about gun control. You know how I feel. I've been here long enough. But I, I don't know. What else? What literally else could happen? Well, I mean, look, and then you've got these states like mine that are saying, hey, uh, kids need to be allowed to bring guns to school to arm themselves. Of like, course. When that is the change that you're actually seeing? Right. That, right. I, I, then when I see a Bulletproof story like what backpacks. Right. Bulletproof Get backpacks. The music teacher a gun. Like, okay. Maybe the we're kids not even, like, We're not even having a debate anymore. That's not debatable. That's not. That, to me, like, when you start going on those arguments, you're, you're arguing like a third grader. Right. Right, you really are. Right. I mean, like, it's like that's not a, you this can't isn't believe a thing. this. Right, just, it just doesn't make sense. You, right, you want the librarian to be strapped? That's what you want. Right, right, okay. Yeah, it's you know. So that's why I say it's not that I don't. Then you got a bad librarian shooting it out with a good librarian. Like, come on, right. So just it's imagine. over. It's the, over. The, the idea that like, well, now if you want to be part of the public school, remember whether you're a teacher, administrator, or student, 
You have to take gun safety uh, training classes and be ready to be armed because mm-hmm. that's part of going to public schools here. That's yeah. what we're saying. Like, well, that's and because teenagers are so, you know, yeah. rational. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They would only shoot a bad guy with a gun. Well, just rational human beings. Yeah. You know, they're not going to execute someone who didn't deserve it. Right. I don't even know. I mean, like, I don't. I mean, come on. Like, the, this is the problem. They say these dumb things, like, draw me into just idiotic debates. Yeah. And they're, they're not worth having. You know that's not worth having. Yeah. You know giving every 15-year-old in in uh, the in your local high school a gun and having them go to school is, is clearly not the answer. Yeah. You know that. I know that. So whatever. Just say Just say it. Yeah. Just be like, my rights to have a gun are important in the assassination of five-year-old children. I've heard people not say... Not even others. Just five-year-old children. Like, that's it. You think, yeah, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not giving up my guns. I've heard well, it. Well, they killed... 30 children in kindergarten. You ready to make any concessions? No. Yep. Well, then, here we are. That's no. it. I've le- Man, within the last month, I heard a guy say that on a podcast. His argument was, basically, it's the cost of freedom. The cost of being free. You know, this idea that America is this free country and every other, you know, Western European or Australia, whatever, those countries aren't right. actually free. You know, America is extra free, and the cost of being extra free mm-hmm. is that we get these guns. I'm like, what is so extra free about us, though, anyway? That's the other right. thing. What is freer here? And I'm not saying that there are, you know. And are you really? I mean, I'll ask you, and then we can just move on. But are you really more free? Right. When every time you go in the movie theater, you got to look for the exit because you might get murdered? Right. I'm not exactly sure that's freedom. Oh, how liberating. <laughs> right. And then what we do is we make another boogeyman and say. I can go anywhere I want. I mean, as long as somebody doesn't, you know, dress up like the Joker and kill me. Yeah. Okay. And then we make these boogeymen out of other countries. We'll say, look at China. They've got social credit scores over there. Ooh. And, you know, you get points against it. You better be good. I'm like, we do the same yeah. thing. My credit score went down for it's getting divorced. It's just credit score. Right. We just right. call it a credit My score. My insurance is more. I pay more for insurance. Why? Because they say, because you're divorced. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that seems you're fair. You're a divorced guy. Probably your insurance out insurance goes up. Why? Because you're just driving around with your wiener around. That's what they say. <laughs> they're like, oh, oh, oh okay. okay. I guess. Right. Can I fight this? No. I'm like, I need to get a loan for something. I'm like, too bad. Yeah. Your credit sucks. Why? Well, you got divorced. Yeah. I'm like, oh. Okay, well, that's going to make it harder than to pay some of these bills. I'm like, yep, yeah, and it's going to get worse. But yet we make these constant, you know, look at these other surveillance states. Edward Snowden already told us we live in a surveillance state. Right. And he had to flee, right? We We already know that we're being spied on. So it's so free. So quit with that argument when it comes to the gun debate. Right. In Missouri, my state, there was a proposed ban on children under the age of 18 carrying firearms in public without supervision. Wow, what a crazy idea. So if a 12-year-old was out in the streets with a gun or, I don't know, a Chipotle, that would be illegal if they didn't have an adult around. That got voted down. Voted down. No. They, the Missouri legislature no. voted down this ban on children under the age of 18 carrying firearms in public without a supervisor. It wasn't even carrying. It's like, I don't care if you have a supervisor. When I was 13, I couldn't drive as long as my dad was in the passenger seat. Right. You know what I mean? They're like, yeah, I mean, he's six years old, but his mom was sitting right, right there in the passenger seat. No, it's such I mean, insanity. I know. Somebody was like, hey, look, I'm not, you know, hey, I'm all, you know, a big 2 a but, you know, maybe the, maybe the eight-year-old, if he has a gun... He should have a parent with him. And somebody's like, Right, a parent. I will take that out of his Deadpool hands. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, what are you saying? And then they literally do that. Right, have you lost your mind? Right. And, and the other thing, too, is I'm old enough and you're old enough to remember. I mean, as a gun owner, I feel like I know maybe I'm a little more aware of it than you were, but my older brother was, uh, you know, into guns and, and hunting and right. still into guns. I remember all the gun laws being talked about. Hey, if you get in the car with the gun, you have to do this. Hey, you better unload it. The ammo needs to be somewhere else. If you cross state lines, you got to do this. People seem to have this idea that if we say 
kids under the age of 18 shouldn't be allowed to carry a gun in public, that if we make that law that suddenly, you know, we're, we're, we're restricting gun rights that have existed forever. No, right. they didn't. No. There used to be rules against right, all this stuff. And what's weird is kids started getting shot and we just decided to ease up. Yeah. That was the, the response from the NRA and two years. And again, I'm a gun owner. And, and I have gun owners in my family, but I can say I didn't need to take a gun with me in public when I was right. 14, 15, 16. And if I got pulled over, I should have gotten in trouble for having it, in my opinion, but I guess not. Honestly, I don't care if your parent's there or not. And then, I mean, let's be honest. It's nonsense, you know, whatever. Like, you're like, well, we need the guns because of an oppressive government. Right. Oh, you're oppressive government. You got a blue flag on the back of your car. Exactly. So you respect the police. That's the oppressive government. You worship them. You won't fight them. You're just kissing their ass. Right. Pro death penalty. (laughs) We let the government decide who lives and dies, and we love the police who put those people in jail. But I need guns. You don't need guns. I'm fighting the government. To fight the government. You're not going to fight the government. Such a juxtaposition. Like, I don't understand. You're talking about fighting the government. You worship them. You say you don't. If people do fight the government. I mean, with the exception of that insurrection, people do fight the government, like in Ferguson. You're like, throw them on jail. Right, <laughs> like, like, right. Okay. It's... They actually took up arms against yeah. their oppressors. And you know, and now, like these. You've seen all this. Mother. Right. <laughs> how dare they? Like, how dare they? What? Have you we seen this? You um... Think we should do? I'm, you know, it's just. Have you seen what Marjorie, uh, three names, has been saying lately about. I, yeah, I missed it. This whole. She, what she wants to do is she wants to secede, right? Yeah. She wants all oh. the red states to secede. But then, yes, me too. then she puts out an actual, so you know, quote unquote, <laughs> she puts out a quote unquote plan. Keep in mind, she's from a blue state. She's yes. from Georgia, right? So she puts out a, a, a plan and explains how it's going to work. Basically, we're going to secede, but the government will still be responsible for protecting us. Oh, I'm like, course. that's no. not how secession works. <laughs> right, you, what are you talking about? You be responsible. And if it. you want to go take a plot of land somewhere and say, we are seceding and we're going to be Republican, we'll see how it works. By all means. I can't wait. By I'd love means. to watch it. Go for it. You know, right. when those guys were fighting in Alaska and saying, we don't want to be a part of this government. Well, you know what? Give them a sliver of it. Why not? It's a big old hunk of cold land up there. I know it's valuable and it's probably a bunch of oil and stuff, but just give them a piece of it. Give right. them a piece of it and let them, let them do their thing. You know, instead of getting so worked up, I say, go ahead. Yeah. Let, let them have a, a little piece. Um, give them all North Dakota. Right. Give them if North really Dakota. Like, hey, if you really want your own country... And Marjorie is your president. Yep. You get North Dakota. Here you go. You guys can all move there. You're good. Yep. She's going to start it, and she's going to be your president. You're going to need a passport if you want to visit here, though. Right, yeah. You know, that's how it's going to work. Sure. And, and, of course, those people are like, you know, red state, blue state. Well, the problem is it's, it's not quite that simple because, you know, it's not like everyone in your state is Republican or everyone in your state is Democrat. The, it's just no, a, I know. The, the urban areas. You just be able to say, like, you know, hey, just split them up. Right, but if Missouri said we're going, you know, we're seceding, well, we'd have to move. I'd be like, okay, I'm moving over to Kansas, or wherever I got to move. Right, we would have and, to move, and we'll see well, what happens. Not move but to Kansas, a lot of people right, are going mean, to move to California or whatever. Illinois, yeah. I guess, is close Illinois. Yeah, right there now. you go. But suddenly, St. Louis and Kansas City just empty out. You know, the college yeah. campuses just empty out. You're like, yeah. okay, here you go. I mean, it would be quite an yeah. experiment to see. Maybe Chat GPT can, can tell it. us what would you happen. You could be like, "Hey, we know you're going to Mizzou. All your credits will be transferred to the fall. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? You went to Mizzou. Now you go to Illinois. Who cares? Yeah, right? yeah. You know, you went to Kansas. Now you go to Colorado. Shut up. Well, like, it's whatever. Welcome you with open you know, like arms. I said, it's a little bit of a pain in the ass, but we're going to get through this, right? Uh, you know, there's been a lot of super groups throughout history. Um, Monsters of Folk comes to mind. <laughs> Who was the Monsters of Folk? Uh, the only Connor reason, like, Overs, Jim James, M. Ward. Okay, My maybe God. one more. Wow, you, you actually knew. No, I said it no, as a joke. We, we talked about it. Yesterday. But it just happened to come yeah. up the other day. And we were looking up Connor Overs. But uh, 
you know, this this seems like a pretty big uh, a super group if it's true. <laughs> traveling Wolverines. Traveling Wolverines, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, reportedly, Paul McCartney, possibly the greatest living songwriter, yes. has been playing with... Yes. Well, it's arguable, Laszlo. Okay, arguable. okay. Yeah, the answer it is, is yes. But I'm just, okay. I'm just saying, or, or, not saying okay. he is, but I'm saying arguably, possibly the greatest uh, living songwriter, well, is now... Okay. I'm just saying that yesterday I was bringing up, or the day before, I was bringing up soft rock, and you guys were like, I hate that ass. And if you go listen to soft rock, it ain't nothing but Wings records throughout the whole goddamn <laughs> I do like thing. Wings. If they're counting I Wings. I love Wings. Yeah. If they talk that's about soft that's rock. not soft rock, silly love songs in a soft rock song. If you call that soft rock. If it's in the documentary, well, I'll watch it. you call it? Metal? <laughs> punk rock? It's a <laughs> literal rock. definition of soft rock. I thought it was pop, honestly. Yeah, but I, 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 it's I don't soft know. rock. Well, well the, call the, me a fan then. The rumor is McCartney. And Mick Jagger. Like two faces on the cover of Soft Rock, the Allens. It's McCartney and Billy Joel. And <laughs> well, two Billy days Joel ago, you're like, yeah. I don't like that stuff. I'm like, that's all you talk about. The bands that you were telling me didn't know. Yeah, Air Supply and, and Billy Dan Fogelberg. You didn't say Billy Joel. Dan Fogelberg, Dan Fogelberg all those songs are always. Is Billy Joel in the documentary? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. You're you always a woman. You, you should have led you with that. You are always a woman. I don't even know if that's a song. <laughs> McCartney is supposedly or has already worked with Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones and Ringo as well. Wow. It sounds like this is going to be the new Stones album, I guess, or Supergroup. I'm not sure. The Beatles and the Rolling Stones, the artists behind those two rock and roll institutions, might come together on a new project. Variety reporting from multiple sources. Paul McCartney has already recorded bass for the Stones' upcoming album. Plus, Ringo is also expected to join the project. These recording sessions took place in recent weeks, although there is no official comment from the artists on any collaboration. The Stones have been teasing new music for quite a while. All right. Well, who was your favorite super oh, yeah, group of all Charlie time? Yeah, Charlie Watts died. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. They, that made sense. When I thought, I was like, well, what are they going to use him for? Oh, yeah. I guess, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. What's your uh, favorite super group mm. of all time? I do like Traveling Mulberries. We say super group, but it could just be artists that came together. Them crooked that Vultures. Them crooked That's a good vultures one. Good. That's very cool. Temple of the Dog. That was a good album. I was going to say Temple of the Dog just because it's so iconic and it kind of led to Pearl Jam yeah. and introduced the world to Eddie Vedder. And Them Crooked Vultures is great. That's that's a really good one, yeah. right? Uh, let's see what super groups. Because um, that would be considered a super group. Anytime you, I think if you get someone from Led Zeppelin in anything, then yeah. it becomes a super group, yeah. right? Well, besides Allison Krauss. Uh, okay, <laughs> let's see. List of supergroups. Temple of the Dog is the is the first one I saw on the list. Your Cream, okay. Um, Mad Season. You love that Mad I Season. Like that Mad season. So that's, a good, that's one. a good one. More. Uh, I'm gonna say Traveling Wolverines. Uh, Velvet Revolver. I saw them. That was oh, uh, GNR you? with uh, what's his name? Right. Uh, I can't think Scott of his name. Scott Wyland. Yeah. yeah. I went Audio and saw slave. them. Audio Slave. Audio Slave. Right. Rage with Chris Cornell. Right? Yeah. I feel like if they kept the same name, then you couldn't really count it. But they. They gave it a new name, and mm-hmm. it was obviously totally different. Uh, I didn't actually. I don't there know that much about classic rock. I guess. I didn't know that. Uh, oh, the Rock and Tours. There's one. The rock and Tours. Good one. Mm-hmm. You know that was really like it's Jack White, right? I mean, that's yeah. Same with uh, yeah. The, uh, Some of those, it's like Dead Weather, right? Yeah. yeah, but at least then you got Allison. Allison. Yeah, I mean, the, I feel Allison like Allison the Kills Allison. had. Well, a, you kind of have following. to say. I don't know. I'm yeah. I'm fine with either one of those, but I just don't know if the Green Hornets or whatever they were or. Allison Moss yeah, are super. Was it Green Hornet? Right. It's Green something. I can't remember. Green Lanterns. Oh my God, Lazo! What? The obvious one that we just forgot. Chickenfoot. Oh, chicken Sammy heart. Hagar. Yeah. I mean, Chickenfoot. We must have seen Chad Smith on drums. We must have seen them five or six times together. Chickenfoot. Those tickets were a perfect circle. tough to get. 
Perfect circle. There you go. Oh, what good. about uh, Desert Sessions with um, I was Josh Homme and Twiggy and who else was in that? I don't even remember that. Desert Sessions? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember that. That's weird because I'm definitely a Josh Homme fan. I love them Crooked Vultures. Love Queens of the Stone Age. It was PJ Harvey and Josh Homme and Twiggy Ramirez. Oh, I don't remember that at you remember all. Remember Desert Sessions? Oh, no, I'll send you you'll some. have to send that to me. That's, That's like good. finding something, you know. Is it good? It's really good. Okay, great. Uh, I'll send you Chicken Foot. Perfect. Be an even trade. Perfect. All right, we got to take a break? Yep. It's the Church of Laszlo. It's time to doom scroll with Slim Fast. You don't know, could kill you. Murder hornets. Corpies infected monkeys. This is Headlines on the Church of Laszlo. Yo. Yo. All right, doom scroll. All right. Well, earlier today we talked about that uh, biggest lottery payout of all time in California where the person is suing saying that the ticket was stolen and that was a two point something billion dollar. They took the cash payout. It was nine hundred and Fifty-seven million. Well, we had the one point three billion dollar lottery winner, and uh, they have officially, I guess, uh, you know, come to get their money. But they've got an LLC, they've got lawyers, and they're remaining right. anonymous. So Laza will never get to know who won the one point three billion. The winner of that one point three billion dollar Mega Millions jackpot has come forward to claim their prize. The winning ticket was bought last month at a gas station in Lebanon, Maine. But we may never know who it was. Because the winner has chosen to remain anonymous, this person claimed the prize through an LLC, chose the cash payment, $723 million. According to a spokesperson, the winner is thoughtfully considering the best uses of the life-changing prize. Man, I can go public for sure. I want everyone to know. Boom. I mean... I'd be making it rain at the strip club. Well, no, there is something to that. I'd be but... buying you guys cars. You guys are definitely getting cars. Big SUVs. I don't care what you want. You're getting Escalades or oh, something like it. I love it. If you want the competitor, if you want a Lincoln Navigator or okay. Infinity, whatever, I'll get it for you. But we're all getting big SUVs, boys. We're going to get those wheels that, that spin when you're not moving. You know what I'm well, talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. We're at the those, stoplight yeah. and they keep spinning. I want mine to be red. spinning. You get red ones then. There you go. You get red ones. I will get you ones. I'll get you different colors for each day of the week if you want. If I get $954 million, I'll get you seven different giant SUVs that all have different color spinning wheels so you can decide which one you want to drive that day. That's what I do. And I go public. You know why? Because I'm generous and I want to know if people need my help. I mean, what am I going to do with a billion dollars? I'll help people. You need cash? I can't. I can no longer You're say that. You're going to be famous. The guy who comes up to me and says, hey, man, can you help me out? I'm $3 short on the bus fare. I'm like, Pfft. Have $4. That'll be me. <laughs> Seriously. I'm not going to be saying no to those people it. anymore. I and love I'll, it. I'll have cash. I never have cash anymore. You know? You have cash like a couple times a month maybe if you buy some drugs and the rest of the time you never have cash. Well, that's basically I have what cash have all now. the time. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying if I, if I want, I'd have cash all the time. Oh, I Wouldn't thought it be you were cool? saying you'd never have cash. No. Like that's the only time you have cash is when you buy drugs. Right. That's no. I, if I won the lottery, I'd carry cash all the time so I could be that guy when someone's like, oh, man, my kid's baseball sign up. I forgot. I need 60 mm. bucks. He'd be like, here, dude. You're 60. Take it. I got you. Yeah, I definitely go public. Alec Murdaugh, he uh, is on trial for murdering his wife and son, mm-hmm. and he took the stand today. Usually, lawyers will tell their clients not to take the stand in their own defense, especially for something like a you know capital murder charge. But he is a lawyer himself from a very prestigious uh, lineage sure. of lawyers in South Carolina, and I guess you know he and his lawyers must have decided this was the best course of action. So he took the stand. Mr. Murdoch, on June seventh, twenty twenty-one, did you take this gun or any gun like it and shoot your son Paul in the chest in the feed room at your property off Moselle Road? No, I did not. And what do they Mr. expect? Murder. Like 
Did you take this one? Wait, load? that's what we're talking about? Oh, I did that. Oh, oh, wait, hold on. No, I thought you, this. Could you speak up that I do what now? What was the next one? Oh, my wife? Nope, nope, didn't kill her either. Mr. Murder, did you take this gun or any gun like it and blow your son's brains out on June 7th Jesus. or any day or any time? No, I did not. So what the strategy seems to be is we're no. going to show you how ridiculous it would be for Blow a father to, to kill his son. Because Paul, when they found him, his head Blow was basically his, brains out. his head mean, was basically gone. No. R- right. It's like, did you kill him? No. Did you blow his out. brains out? Not no. Out. No, no, no. I mean, away, I would say. I pref- away. I, I blew him away. Uh, it seems that, that that's their, their strategy. Is we'll, We're going to talk about how gruesome this crime is to try and create reasonable doubt in the jurors' minds that a parent could inflict such damage to their own loved mm-hmm. ones, right? Yeah. Is it going to work? I don't know. Look, man, the guy looks like pretty pretty damn guilty. The Netflix documentary isn't helping. By the way, at the end of the Netflix documentary, the way it ends, and this is not a spoiler or anything, it's just a little thing at the end, you hear the phone ringing in prison. You know, this is a call from an inmate at whatever. And I thought, oh, is Alec Murdoch going to do an interview for this? But it's not. It's a call with him, and I think it's probably Buster. And they're like, hey, hey, how's it going? Oh, that's right. And he says, listen, is... Uh, have you heard anything? Is Netflix doing something about this whole thing? And that's how they end it because I guess okay. he must have heard that they were, you know, doing this Got documentary. It. Which, by the way, there's been Netflix. There was the Discovery documentary, which I think might have come out first. There was the HBO one, which I, I get them all confused now. Lazo, you never watched any of them, right? You didn't watch the I HBO one. Any of them. Snowcone, did you? I have not. It's so weird, you know. It's like my my girlfriend keeps talking about how you know we love true crime. Why am I not more interested in the story? I am interested, but it's almost like it's too much. And it's, you know what I mean? With the Idaho thing, it was like, who did it? Right. Right. You had this right. kind of mystery. Then it's like, all right, who is this guy? Why did he do it? Uh, how long was he stalking his victims? That sort of thing. With this, it seems pretty cut and dry that he killed his wife and uh, son. He just said he but, didn't. I know. He said he didn't. Mm-hmm. Sorry. My seems gosh, to me like. Well, you don't even seems, listen. <laughs> I know. You're right. You're right. He I asked him. I'm bad at comprehension. Oath. I have a comprehension He said, did problem. you do that? And he said no. Right. Well, so, then, what more do you want? Right. You can't. You're right. You're right. He, obviously, he didn't. But his life was falling apart around him, it would seem. And if you've been like a lot of people and said, I don't know, I know a little bit about the story too much, I will say the Netflix documentary pretty much sums all of it up, and it does a good job. It doesn't feel like it's very long at all. It's only all right. a few episodes. I'll watch it. Another unruly passenger on an airplane, this time American Airlines, and it was a woman, and she gets drunk. Now, we've all known people or we are people who have bad drunk alter egos sure. we've done things when we're drunk that we're not proud of um, maybe they even give you an alter ego nickname but what you don't want to be is the drunk person who is taking a short flight and you stand up in the middle of the row start screaming and shouting and then trying to break into the cockpit nope. now i mean mm-hmm. i saw images of this woman this that's not what you woman. want she doesn't look like the type who you would expect when you get on the plane, like, this woman might try and beat that door down. Although over the course of the last couple of years with all the Karen videos, yeah, true. maybe we should start thinking like right. that more. Like, if anyone's going to make us divert, it's going to be this white lady who just got on the plane. Yeah. She's had a couple drinks. But the thing is, she's trying to bust into the cockpit, which means when they call the police on the ground, they're like, hey, not only is she unruly... She's trying to get into the cockpit, which means that when we land, the FBI has to arrest her immediately. This morning, the FBI investigating an unruly passenger who allegedly tried getting into the cockpit mid-flight. Subject is currently loose in the cabin, loose in the cabin, and tries to breach the cockpit, being somewhat restrained by the flight crew and other passengers. As soon as that lands, we need to get in the plane and restrain. 
Think about all the times you've woken up the next day and gone, oh, man, what did I do yesterday? You spent way too much money buying 100 pizzas from Domino's for everybody. You bought a $300 jersey at the stadium on a whim when you're totally broke. You have pictures of people that you don't remember meeting the day before. But what you don't want is to wake up in FBI custody. No. And you say, what happened? And they're like, you tried to get into the cockpit of an airplane, Mm -hmm. ma'am. I assume that means... She's going to be on her no-fly list? I thought it was in the toilet. <laughs> right. That's what you got to say, right? I mean, I don't know what I'm she was screaming up there. I get real scared sometimes. I had diarrhea. Also, okay, so you get drunk. What do you think is, was going through her head that made her want to get in the cockpit? Was she paranoid that something was, was going on? Did she think it was, it was just that? Was like, I, if I, that would have happened to me, I'd be like, well, I don't know what happened. Yeah, I guess it just depends if they have that audio confused. and video of what she was saying. Horrible. FBI custody. Did you ever see that thing that I think it was on Vice where they did, uh, you know, party stories and it, it was celebrities, each one. And they would animate these celebrities, rock stars, oh, movers, talking about, you know, crazy. Like I, would like I think you would oh, like the it. Mike Judge one. Uh, was it Mike Judge? No, no, no. Mike Judge thing was about old country music okay. stars. Yeah. No, well, this he, he Vi- did like funk, too, though. Yeah, he did funk, yeah. too. Yeah. No, this was separate. This was on Vice. I think that was on Cinemax, what you're talking about. Okay. This was on Vice. I remember one with Chris Pontius. He said that he was, I think he was filming Wild Boys in Australia with Steve-O. They got, in, they got drunk. They got in some sort of trouble. And he woke up in a jail cell. And when he wakes up, he calls the guard over. He's like, you know, hey. And he's like, you know, what, what happened? And the guard's like, you don't know what you did, Mike? And he's like, no. He's like, oh. And the guard tells him, you're in trouble, big, big trouble, because you got drunk last night and started fondling 14-year-old girls. No. And he's like, oh, my God. And then the, the uh, warden or the, the jail cell guy is like, uh, just kidding. You just got public drunkenness. We're getting ready to let you go. <laughs> that, can you imagine? Oh you wake up that? Talk about the worst feeling and then the best feeling right, yeah. all at once. Uh, after school, Satan Club. I know. Wait, it, what's the best feeling and what's the worst feeling? The worst feeling is when they say you did. The be- I want to make sure you clarify that the best <laughs> feeling is when you realize you would never do such a thing, even your alter ego. Uh, the after school Satan Club. When I was a kid, you had the after school chess club, after school pray around the flag club. We had some club that was numbers. I think it was three, pray two, one, or one. Yeah, we had a pray around the flag. We're going to pray, around, pray the around the flag. Yeah, they would do pray around the flag. We're going to pray around the flag today. They did that when? After school. You know, come pray At around the flag. School? If you were a Christian kid, you could go pray around the flag. It was, and like it might how been, long did it take? I never went. I don't know. And what it was. did you pray for? I don't know. Like what the flag or like the United States? I think they prayed for the country, probably. Yeah, probably something like that. I didn't know a lot about Christian nationalism at the time, or I might have been a little more concerned. But we had those Christian clubs. And you know, the Church of Satan, um, they probably aren't a big fan of these Christian clubs being associated with public schools. Yeah. So they've started a uh, after school Satan club. Mm-hmm. And some parents in Pennsylvania found out. Now, the crazy thing is, in the local news report up there, the woman who is the most angry, she wrote a letter, she contacted the local news. Her kid doesn't even go to public school. Her kid goes to a private school, but she's like, well, I'm just worried for the people who can't afford private schools. It's always you're worried for somebody else. Marjorie Cologne tells us she couldn't believe it when she heard after-school Satan Club had been approved at Saucon Valley Middle School. And I thought that it was satire. I thought that it was a joke. But we talked with the national campaign director at the Satanic Temple. She says it's anything but a joke. We are ran by the Satanic Temple, and we are, um, you know, the club is brought to you by 
uh, your local friendly, self-identified, non-theistic Satanist. June Everett says the Satanic Temple doesn't believe in the same Satan that Christians do. Although the Christian majority in this country uh, does believe that Satan is a different symbol to us, we do not view Satan as evil. We do not view Satan as as trying to you know wreak havoc on communities and do do terrible things. If we don't Satan speak up good. for Satan this type of outlandish disregard to those of us who do have Judeo-Christian values, then what is it going to stop? I am so sick of hearing that. Mm. It's constant. You can't go one day without someone saying, this country was founded on Judeo-Christian values. What about our Judeo-Christian values? What about your Judeo-Christian values? Which one are you, by the way? And how are those two things the same anyway? They're not even the same. (laughs) You don't mean the first part. Right, you don't mean the first part. You only added that because of World War II, and you're like, (laughs) okay, we better not... You know, cut the right. Jews out because that'd be bad. Just, just stop. And, and how can you, when she said, "I thought it was parody" or whatever she said, satire, satire. It is, ma'am. Yeah, it is. I, right. I, I it mean, is. you were right. right. I, I don't know if you followed through. Yes, they are doing this. <laughs> They're doing it to expose you, and you just exposed yourself. Right. You course. are exactly what they want people to be made aware of, and your kid doesn't even go to public school. That's what Lazo talks about all the time. Yeah. It's never you. You're never, never hurt. It's oh. oh, you're worried about someone else being censorship. We they, people can't say these words, right? It'll hurt them. It'll hurt not me. Not me. Uh, I mean, I, I can handle it. it might hurt somebody Snow else. There is fragile little heart. <laughs> right. Mm. That might explode. What about the mm, What about the two year olds? They they're starting to talk. This could ruin them. And Lazo, I meant to tell you about this. I I mentioned it, but I never gave you the story because I know you're interested. The cure for HIV. How long has it been now? Forty some years. Right? Okay. I mean, when. when when was the, did they call it the AIDS panic in the 80s? What did they call it? When Reagan, you know, was saying not to worry and they were calling it gay cancer and all those things right. and they thought it was contagious if you got close to someone. That was probably mid to late 80s. I know I watched that HBO show with Mark Ruffalo about it, but it's been a while. But they've obviously come a long way with treatments and we now have meds that can not only keep you alive, but they have meds that can help prevent you from uh, transmitting it, prevent you from catching it. And also they... So June 5th, 1981, the U.S. Center for Disease Control publishes an article describes a case of a rare lung infection. That's where it starts. 42 years it's been, right? And now they... I mean, I really think they might have a cure. They've cured now the fifth person with HIV... With this stem cell treatment that's still experimental. Researchers say a fifth person has been cured of HIV after a high-risk stem cell transplant. The findings were published in the journal Nature after a 53-year-old man in Germany showed no detectable virus in his body after stopping his HIV medications for more than four years. It's worth noting that this patient joins a small group of people who have been said to be cured of HIV under extreme circumstances. By the way, imagine being the guy who has HIV, you're in your 50s, you're in Germany, you've got access to health healthcare. We have meds now, like I said, that can keep you alive and, and keep your viral count so low, oftentimes it can't even be detected. Mm-hmm. So you know that you have access to that. And someone says, we really want to try this experimental thing, but it means you're going to have to get off your meds completely. And that person says, I'll do it. I got to think, and maybe it's glass half full, right. but I don't think that was a selfish act on his part. I, I like to think that that person, those people yeah, that did that sure. said, I'm going to do it. I'll do it. If this could cure right. people of HIV. And I think sure. that's a a heroic thing in Absolutely a way it is. That, that we should be you know, thankful that people like that exist because I don't know if I would do it. If I was HIV positive, my meds were keeping me healthy and I had access to that. They said, all right, Lazo, you know, I know you're healthy and all because you got your meds. But, but would I take you off the meds? Sure. <laughs> take me you off the meds. Me yeah. We want to take well, yeah, some right, off Lazo, the meds. Will you take some it's off the meds? Of course I will. <laughs> it's Lazo's decision. <laughs> the Church Shot Lazlo.